Okay, Artemis, are you ready? Ready for what? Here we go. Where are we going? Hello. Wait, we're doing this again now? Um, uh, hello. And welcome. I thought I'd do the and welcome part now. Just keep going with it. I'm Bartleby. Um, and I'm Artemis, and we are the Kinetic Paranormal Society. A pair of socks in a magical wardrobe, traveling through time and space, investigating the supernatural. And this is our podcast where we explain podcasts. Welcome to Metacosmos. Oh, I can't believe you just sprung on that on me. Uh, again. Well, I thought it went remarkably well. But I, I, you took my part. I, I barely managed to say my part. It was probably our best opening yet, let's be honest. But is, it just doesn't feel right. How We had a plan, remember? We were going we were gonna to do it a certain way. And, and you messed it up. It's okay. This is like, this is a really exciting occasion. This is our third episode. Our very first third episode. But the introduction, it was supposed to, we were going to integrate the explanation of the show into the opening credits and have us both speaking. It was really well planned out. I I really liked what we'd worked out. And we can still work on it again. There will be more episodes, but we really should be celebrating the present. Do you realize this is the first time we've ever had an episode three? We've had, like, like episode twos before. We've had episode ones, like more than one of each. But now, this is a very special and very singular occasion, our first ever episode three. Um, okay, well, you know, if nothing else, I got to hand it to you that setting your, your, your goals... At such, um, I don't want to say low bars, but you certainly have a way of keeping yourself excited about the little things, Bartleby. So, yes, let's celebrate your episode three. Our episode three. Here, here, here. Like, first, let's look at the podcast tree right here. Okay, so, if you may notice, we've been on the narrative journalism branch of the podcast tree, which is on the non-fiction side. Yes. Uh, what, what what branch are we going to move moving to today? Well, actually, we're st- we're staying on the same branch. This is a really good branch. I don't know if you're going to know. You if you if you follow our show long enough, we mostly stay on this branch. Really? Why did you draw the whole tree? You got to know your way around the podcast tree. This branch, though, is it's really fun because the narrative journalism branch they work really hard on these episodes. This is like high quality audio, like so much of the time. You gotta love it. But, but yeah, we're staying on this branch. And before, we did This American Life, which is like one of the biggest stocks on the branch. And and then we did Reply All. But we did them on a different branch, did we not? Yes, yes. We did them on the discussion branch because they had their Yes, Yes, No episode. And we discussed that. So, now, we're staying on that branch again, but we're moving over here to the design part of the branch. Oh, design? There's podcasts about design? I... That sounds interesting. I must admit, I this whole process was wearing thin on me. I thought we were going to be talking about Twitter again. Oh, don't worry. We'll talk about Twitter some. Oh, please, no. But I have good news for you. Oh, what's that? This is going to be our shortest episode yet. Oh, really? And how can you guarantee that? Well, most of our episodes are a little bit shorter than the podcast episode that we're talking about. And this is the shortest one we've ever talked about. It's like as long as our other episodes, so it's going to be our shortest one yet. Okay. Um, there's At least we have that much to look forward to. Tell me, what, 
What podcast are we hearing about on the design branch? Okay, it's called 99% Invisible. Aren't, aren't all podcasts invisible? Well, yeah, but if you, you can't just discount the cover art. The, the cover art's definitely worth, like, at least a thousand words. You know what they say, but thousand's a little too convenient of a number, personally, if you ask me. Yes, I would say probably a binary number, so perhaps 1,024? Yeah, I like your math on that. So, you see, if you count the cover art and then all the content, most podcasts are probably around 99 point something percent invisible. Not ours. We still need to make more episodes. We only have two first episodes, two second episodes, and a third episode. So we've got a lot of work to do. Oh, yes, I'm probably going to need a cup of tea if we're going to get through this. Well, we've got plenty because we had the tea party last week. It was quite delightful. Did you have a macaron? I did. Did you notice the feet? Yeah, you told me about the feet. You know, feet belong in socks. That was good. That was good. I didn't know you were going to do that. That was gold star for you. Thank you. I told you my jokes were funny. Let's not open that up for discussion. Let's get back to 99% invisible. Okay then, fine. But tell me, why is this podcast 99% invisible? Well, because it's about design. And, and design... It's all about what you don't notice in the design. So when you pick up a pair of scissors and your hands fit so smoothly into the scissors, unless you're left-handed, then then um, you don't even notice how smoothly your hand fit into the scissors because it was designed in a 99% invisible way where so many smart things were thought about that you never even notice because they're invisible. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. I like that. Yeah, yeah. And get this. It's all hosted by this dude. Named Roman Mars. Hmm. Is he Martian? I'm not sure, but he has superpowers. Oh, does he now? Superpowers? Tell me more. He has this really, really great voice. Oh? Yeah, like, it's like he is the microphone whisperer. Is this like an ASMR podcast? No, 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 no. He's not, like, actually whispering, whispering. I mean, like... He really knows just how to, like, talk to a microphone the way a microphone likes to be talked to. Oh, that's provocative. You just got a lesson. It's, like, so nice on the ears. But this episode is maybe the most appropriate episode of 99% Invisible ever. Oh? What did, which, episode, which episode is it? Episode 386. They're Dark Materials. Like the Philip Pullman books. Well, kind of. There's, like, this super-duper evil villain, and he's defied by a ragtag band of artists. Artists? Those... This is a story about superhero artists? Yes. That... Yes. That's what this is. It's so... Okay. Scene one. Spoiler alert. From here on out, um, maybe... Uh, just listen to this because I'm going to deliver this story with so much intrigue and so much woe that then you can listen to their episode later because they're going to fill in all the details I miss. But I'm going to make it so exciting. So spoiler alert, we're going forward full on out now. Is that how spoiler alert works? It does now. Okay, so setting the scene. We're in a high tech lab called Suri Nanosystems. And the, the head of Siri Nanosystems is Ben Jensen. Oh, this sounds just like how these movies start. 
Is this the villain? Well, um, he did make explosives as a kid, but he just did that because he wants to build stuff that goes into space! Okay, that is definitely a way a villain gets set up, though. Although, this could be the hero. Don't get too ahead of yourself. So, here we are. Ben Jensen's hanging out in his office, making some super-duper important decision-making things happen when, when he gets called to the lab, and he goes down to the lab. Oh, oh, this is foreboding. And there's a table, and it's all black. Okay. And they point at the table, and they say, check it out. And he gets, looks at the table. Yes. And he doesn't see anything. Uh-huh. And he leans even closer to the table, just inches away. Oh, no. Does something leap out at him? N- no, 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 no. But uh, then then the, the, the person in the laboratory, the science dude, picks up the thing off the table and says, See? Check it out. And it's like there was a thing on the table that was the same color black as the table. And they were so black that, that you couldn't even see it sitting on the table from, like, inches away. Oh. It was covered... In nanotubes. Yes, yes, carbon nanotubes. I know all about them. I grow my own. What? what, what? Yes, that's how I made the sensory deprivation cabinet. Huh. Is that how you did that? I always wondered why you did that. Oh, it was to create a, a sense of ennui and vertigo. Oh, man. I get that feeling all the time. That's why I make this podcast. Anyways, moving forward. So, so yeah. Yeah, they, they grow nanotubes in, in, in a vertical alignment of each other in, in really hot temperatures on, on, um, aluminum. Yeah, yeah, on aluminum. And, um, and it, it, it tr- turns it into a vertical aligned nanotube array, which is why they called it Vanta Black. Ooh, how exciting. Yeah, yeah, and get this, get this. Vanta Black is so dark, it absorbs 99.965% of all visible light. Ooh, are you telling me that Vanta Black is 99.965% invisible? Yeah, that's exactly what I'm telling you. Why didn't they use that for the title of their episode? That's a good question. Hold that thought. Uh, we got to move forward. We're gonna, we're, we'll, we'll come back around to that. That's a really... You, that's good foreshadowing. You saw this coming. Oh, really? Okay, go on. Okay, so... So, Siri Nanosystems brings their new black stuff, and they're going to go to, like, the aerospace tech show, and they don't, they don't think much of, like, they're, they're, they're black because they're, like, going to be going with, like, super-duper, like, important companies, and they're like, we're not going to be that big a deal. But then they get there, and... And all the reporters start going nuts because they get that, um, that Envy Vertigo feeling that, that you get. And they're like, what is this stuff? And so, like, lots of articles come out about it. And artists hear about it and they're like, oh my, um, oh, oh my God, I need to get some of this super dark paint. So, so suddenly, Suri Nanosystems is getting all these requests from artists to get them some some super dark black, and they're like, we don't know how to deal with artists. We just, like, sell licenses of stuff. And that's when Anish Kapoor shows up. Ooh. He made this, like, giant kidney bean in Chicago. It's called Cloud Gate. Is it, it's not a kidney bean? Well, it's more about how it refracts the light and the space around it, and it kind of creates a large picture of the clouds that you walk underneath. Huh. Cool. Okay. 
You're surprisingly up to date on this episode. Well, it's a, it's a podcast about design. I hope so. Okay. You know, I'm learning I'm learning things today like I never I didn't realize until now that that the sensory deprivation cabinet was installation art. Well, you can call it that if you want. You are super conceptual. Why, thank you. So you might even appreciate what Anish Kapoor did when he got the super black paint because they licensed it to him exclusively. And like he paints this hole on the ground in a gallery, but it's not a painted hole on the ground. It's actually a hole in the ground that then he painted the inside of the hole with the Vanta black. And, and then like some dude went to the show and was like, that's a fake hole. And he tries to step on it and he falls in and... And the news reported that he only hurt his back and his pride. The sacrifices we make in the name of art. Agreed. So, speaking of the name of art, everyone was wondering, who gave Suri Nanosystems the right to patent the color black? That's a good question. But they didn't patent that. They patented the specific technique of vertically aligning nanotubes in an array. Oh, they, they did now? Yeah. Could we maybe edit the part about the sensory deprivation cabinet out altogether? Um, I'm pretty sure we can do that, sure. Oh, good, we should probably do that then. Yeah, um, sure. Okay, so, yeah. So what do you mean? All these artists were, like, calling in Siri Nanosystems, like, give us your Vanta Black! But, but it, it wasn't theirs to give because they already sold it to Anish Kapoor. So that's when this artist, Stuart Semple, he says to himself, huh, it doesn't seem right that that Anish Kapoor is the only one that gets to use the super-duper black. That doesn't seem very fair at all. But then again, he thinks to himself, I'm an artist, and I make all my super-duper special colors that only I'd let myself know how to make. Because he, like, makes, like, the orangest oranges and the pinkest pinks and stuff. Oh, does he? Yeah, and that's when he's like, you know what? Instead of just being, like, a hypocrite, I'm gonna make at least one of my paints available to everybody. I'm going to make the pinkest pink available to everybody in the world, except for Anish Kapoor. Could he do that? Well, he made everybody that bought the pink promise not to, like, share it with him and do all their best to make sure he didn't get it. Did it work? Uh, no. On some social media, Anish Kapoor posted a photo of his middle finger covered in the pink paint, and then he flipped off the camera. Flipped off the camera? Yeah, yeah, he stuck out his middle finger, only covered in pink paint. Oh. Oh, that sounds like a very provocative gesture. Yeah, yeah, people take it really seriously. I wouldn't even know where to begin with that gesture. Well, considering that we have, like, cartoon hands, um, because we're sock people, uh, we don't really have middle fingers, because we only have four of them. Good point. Our, our hands are awfully small as well, so what a tiny middle finger wouldn't have the same impact, would it? It's funny that you should mention tiny middle fingers because they were saying in the episode that everybody that gets the pink from Stuart Semple is giving a tiny middle finger to Anish Kapoor. Are you sure they just didn't want to buy some very pink pink? Or that. It could have been both. It could have been a mixture of the two. I wouldn't mind getting a little bit of that pink. Hint, hint, wink, wink. I happen to have a birthday coming up. We both have a birthday coming up. We're twin brothers. But... Um, maybe we, this would be a good time to mention, hey, if you're in Humboldt County and you hear this, you should totally, totally, totally come to our birthday party. It's a surprise birthday party, so don't tell us, but it's going to be on the 23rd at the, at the sanctuary. But it's a surprise, so don't tell us. I'm just going to pretend I didn't hear that. Good call. So, back to our story, where we left off 
the super powerful elite artist Anish Kapoor was sitting in his art lair flipping off the world in a pink finger when Stuart Semple says, How dare he? How dare he? Do you think he shook his fist into the sky like that? I bet he did. And then he decides he spends a long time working with a bunch of artists to make a super duper 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 dark black to rival Vanta Black. Oh? What percentage of light did it absorb? Uh, they didn't mention it. Oh, they didn't say it at all? No. Probably a significantly smaller amount of light. Well, maybe it wasn't, like, significantly, like, scientifically speaking. Maybe it just, like, just looked like a small... Maybe it was, like, 98.9%, and that just doesn't look as impressive. No, it wouldn't look as impressive. Good point. But that does give me an idea. Oh, what's that? What if Anish Kapoor got some of that black, and it's not as black as his Vanta black, and he paints a surface in Vanta black, and then maybe dips something into the... the What was the other black? Black three... Okay, he dips he dips his uh maybe his middle finger, maybe a different finger, I don't know. And he he uh it maybe his whole hand and he gets that black three on there and holds it up in front of a camera with the Vant black behind it, and you'd be able to see the differences of the two blacks. That would be a real middle finger. Are you like siding with the supervillain? No, it, it was just an odd concept, an idea. Yeah, look, dude, you're siding with the supervillain. This is no time for that, because this is when we enter our true hero, Demut Streeb and MIT. Ooh? Yeah, 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 you'll love this. Demut Streeb is like an artist-scientist. Oh, I do love that. Is that a thing? Can you be that? Yeah, that's totally a thing. Oh, I'm one of those. I'm, I'm an artist-scientist. Yes. That's the spirit, yes. So, so Demut Streeb, she's working with MIT, and they're working together, and they create a black that's 99.995% invisible. Oh, that's impressive. And what did she do with it? She covered a diamond in it. So it's like the brightest carbon and the darkest carbon, but she can't see any of the bright, because the dark's on top of it. Oh, what an interesting concept. And then she had it, like, displayed in a place where, like, people who, like, trade stocks and stuff work. Oh, that's probably the only place she'll be managed to sell that. At least she knows her audience. Can't argue with that. But, to answer your question from earlier, you see now, that's why they couldn't call the episode 99.965% Invisible. Huh, yes. It would have been totally inaccurate. And they couldn't call the episode 99.995% Invisible because that would have, like, spoiled the ending, just like The Return of the King was a horrible name for the third volume of Lord of the Rings. Oh, agreed. It was completely an absolute waste of a perfectly good naming opportunity. What, what do you mean? Well, Tolkien intended the book to be released as all one giant book. What? That's ridiculous. That thing's huge. Yes, that's what the publishers said. So they decided to split it up into three volumes, and they named each of the three volumes and did not really take Tolkien's advice to heart about them. Oh, is that why the two towers, like, is like the Vegas name and you're not sure which of the three towers they're talking about? Yes, that's, that's why that happened. Oh, that's unfortunate. But wait. 
You read those books to me. Oh, yes, yes. It was a good time. Sure. Um, but you, there was like, each of the books had like a middle part book, right? There was like book one and book two were in the first book. And then book three and four are in the second book. And five and six were in the third book. Didn't Tolkien already split them up into six books? Yes, yes, he, he did. But you said he intended it to be one. Yes, he did. This doesn't... You know, if he had split him up into six books, he should have been naming the six books individually instead of just calling them book one, two, and three, four, five, and six. Then maybe the publishers wouldn't have just gone and made up some crazy names themselves. Huh. Well, actually, they're, they're all six names for the books. He named them? No, no, no. It was something I was discussing with our producer. Oh, with Isaac? Yes, yes. Uh, we were discussing that he, uh, while reading the books the last time with his children, they... They renamed the six books. Oh. And they're, what, what'd they name them? Okay, you'll love this. Okay, the first book they call Baggins Run. Like Logan's Run? Yes. But that doesn't make any sense. Bilbo doesn't, like, run anywhere for, like, like the first half of the book. All the more reason why it would draw out the emotional tension to name it that. Oh. Oh, cool. I hadn't even thought of that. Whoa, a layer of, of, of tension added by the name. Maybe they should have named their episode 99.965% Invisible. Yeah. But now we get to name our episode that. So, tell me, what's the second book called? Oh, the second book is actually the same name as, as The Fellowship of the Ring, because it's the same book that they all get together and break up by the end of, so it perfectly fits. Oh, it does. Huh. The third book would be called The White Hand of Isengard, Oh, yeah, Kasaraman, that's his symbol. Yes, yes, and then it all the story of Saruman is contained in just the third book. It's true, it is. That's, a, that's a, another last opportunity. And the fourth book would be called The Road to Mordor. That's it? Just The Road to Mordor? Well, if you consider how horrible Mordor is, it's like saying The Road to Hell. Oh, yeah, yeah, that book was hellish. I can't believe, I can't believe we went through that whole thing. Well, if you want to get to Mordor, there's only one road to get there on. Yeah, paved with good intentions. But you know, that reminds me, people forget that the it's not, it doesn't have to be a one-way road. If you're going back the other direction, it turns out the road to heaven's also paved with good intentions. It's, just, it's the same road. Can't argue with that. So what's the uh, fifth book? Oh, that's the gates of Minas Tirith. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, because there's like seven gates and they have to get through each one before they can get to the inside lair where the crazy king is. Yes, exactly. And that's why that would be the perfect name. Totally. What's the final one? It's not Return of the King, right? No, no, of course not. It's Return of the Ring. Oh, yeah. Then you don't know where it's returning to. Exactly. Whoa, super cool. That's rad. So, I think we did finish this as our shortest podcast ever. Congratulations. Um, actually, no, we're, we're not done yet. What? Yeah, well, well, first they started talking about Vanta Black, but then, after all of that ends, the podcast transforms into a different branch of the podcast tree. Excuse me? Yeah, see, look, here, here, right here. On the podcast tree, right there, it goes, it hops off of the narrative journalism branch, and it jumps onto 
the interview branch. Huh? Yeah. How does it do that? They bring this this dude in who wrote a book about color, or it hasn't been published yet, but it's coming out, and his name's Adam Rogers. Oh, an expert on color. Yes, and he has a whole talk about titanium dioxide. Ooh, titanium, you may know, is the ninth... Ninth most common element, yes, I know. Yes, and, um, but it wasn't until the late 1800s that this, this guy, A.J. Rossi, was, was making steel, and he discovered this stuff and was playing with it, and he moved to Niagara Falls to figure out how to work with it, and he invents this whole process of, of getting titanium dioxide to make everything that gets touched with it white. Oh, like what? Well, like, like the enamels on stoves and bathtubs, and like, like the, the white and, in, in, in the sprinkles on cupcakes and in, in like pills and medicine and like, like, if it's white, chances are you're looking at titanium dioxide. Oh, really? Well, at least in, in, the, in the West during the Cold War. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. And, and you know how, like, when you look at pictures of old dingy, like, like communist Russia and East Berlin, it's all, like, these drab colors? Yes. It's because they didn't have the, the technology to make the titanium dioxide, which gets mixed into, like, all the paints. Even bright red has titanium dioxide in it to make it brighter. And, and they didn't have any of that stuff, so their colors on their walls would fade into a dingy color. And it led to this whole dingy, sad look that really helped make propaganda make them look bad. Well, it, it did look bad. Oh, touche. Okay. So, like, titanium, the process of this stuff is super, super technical. It's not as hardcore as it was, but it's still hardcore and and complicated. And, like, as the years went by, like, DuPont Corporation would buy the process. And then, and then there's, like, this super spy story at the end where, like, in the, like, 2000 aughts, sometime in the mid-2000 aughts, the... The, the DuPont people, they're like going to the FBI and saying, hey, someone's trying to steal our technology of making titanium dioxide. And they're, they're selling it to China. And they're going to be at this place, at this hotel room, at this time, making the exchange with the bad guys. And you got to go get them. Okay. Yes. How do they know all that? They have their own like vigilante mercenary task force team. They can do that. They're a super duper, super duper, duper corporation. So yeah, they can do whatever they want, apparently. Oh, dear. Wait, why aren't they the supervillains in this? I don't know, but they, they, Walter Liu apparently was the dude that they arrested who was like spying and gathering information from their disgruntled employees. They have disgruntled employees? Are you sure they're not the villain? Um, I don't, I don't think they're the villain. They weren't, not the way the story was presented. Oh, I have, I have lots of questions. I'm starting to get lots of questions now that you mention it. Yes, go on then. Yeah, so, um, Walter Lou got arrested, and they never found the money because, you know, vigilante justice is like that. It certainly is. And, um, yeah, that's where it all ends. Well, that was quite a reversal of the other story, and in the first one, the powerful people are, are put in check. Oh, but wait, what did MIT do with their black? Oh, they're, they, they're going to make it available for everyone so that everybody can get some. Ooh. And then maybe, maybe they could, somebody could paint a surface in their, what's their black called? Um, I don't think it has a name yet. Ooh. Maybe we can call it Ennui Black. Sure. So, so paint a surface in Ennui Black and then dip one's 
one's I don't know pinky finger um into some of the the uh the the Vanta black and and put it in front of a screen and take a photo of that and see the differences of the two blacks. Um, wouldn't that just make it look like you had no pinky finger? Oh yes, that too. Look, maybe you should just stick to the sensory deprivation cabinet. Oh, oh, how about we make how about we make a labyrinth covered in vertically aligned nanotubes? Um, yeah, but we gotta bring powdered donuts in with us. Oh, you're no fun. I can't believe I'm saying this, but Artemis, we gotta focus. We still haven't finished the episode. Wait, there's more to the episode? Yeah, well, after the Walter Lou gets arrested, then Adam Rogers starts explaining that color is actually technology all along. Because back in the caveman days, they would use okra to paint on, like, the walls of the caves, and they would, like, bind their axe heads with it, and it was super, super duper cool. Well, yes, people often think technology has to do with only electronics or specific gadgets, but string is technology. Exactly, and another kind of technology is something we totally have forgotten to mention up until now, which is our sponsor, Omen Quest Cards, is technology. Omen Quest Cards are, like... The most high-tech social interaction device in the universe because they're games you can't lose. And once you start playing games you can't lose with people, you start finding out what your relationship is really made out of. Go to omenquestcards.com. You just have to trust me on this one. They are amazing. I can't agree more. So then, are we done now? Yes. Yes, we are. I'm Bartleby, and... What? You're supposed to say your name. We're closing. Oh, We really need to come up with some sort of, like, plan for this. I'm Artemis. And you've been listening to Metacosmos. Join us next week for another episode. Oh, what are we going to be talking about then? Oh, ooh, surprise. I actually know which one we're going to do. We're going to do a spinoff show of 99% Invisible featuring Avery Truffleman, and we're going to talk about articles of interest. Oh, and what's that? It's about garments of clothing. Oh, is there a socks episode? Um... It all depends on how you see pockets. What's that supposed to mean? Uh, I guess we'll have to find out next week. Metacosmos is produced and edited by Isaac Bluefoot and brought to you by Dragonflower Inc. Learn more about Dragonflower Inc. at dragonflower.inc. That's ink with a K. And you can find me on Twitter where you can tweet at me. I'm at Bartleby Nehi. That's Nehi with no K and no G and no second A. Was that the Twitter part you were talking about earlier? Yeah, totally. Find me on Twitter. Bye-bye. Bye. I love you. See, I told you, shortest episode yet.